You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs and the best part, it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings pool page and get your free shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor, and joining me as always, we have Dylan Kayser joining in from beautiful Nanaimo, Vancouver Island. Dylan, how you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. What a crazy fucking day. And also, thank you for saying Vancouver Island. Hey, you know, I figured I'd do you justice. You know, new season started today. Might as well, you know, new year, new me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, for those of you wondering what we're talking about, yes, it's only June, or sorry, July 29th when you're listening to this, but the free agent frenzy has come, and it is in full fucking force, and wow, day one was absolutely crazy. What do you say, Dylan? Uh, yeah, um, there must have been a lot of drinks and other things going around, because some of the deals that I saw... Uh, being handed out today were were unbelievable. Uh, some oh, yeah. big seven year deals for guys that I feel like are third line players, and I don't think the San Jose Sharks did too bad though. So I, I'm happy about that. We we kind of stayed out of the madness uh, for the most part. Yeah, the Sharks took all of 30 minutes, I believe, to go out and snag three guys. Um, for those listening, uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're going to be talking about the free agent acquisitions the Sharks have made day one of the free agent frenzy. Uh, we're also going to talk about a couple notable departures as well as some um, key signings, I guess is the way to put it. Questionable, questionable and key. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was, like, I was thinking I was going to say questionable, but some some big moves both at the top of the like good meter and at the very very bottom of the good meter uh before we get into that though uh let's give a quick shout out to our twitter handles you can follow me on twitter at nick floor underscore you can follow the podcast at stick hungry pod and you can follow the network at hockey pod net dylan you can follow myself at dyl underscore thpn and um let's just jump right into this puppy the sharks went out this morning and not contrary to anything we've heard at all from Doug Wilson, they signed exactly what he's been talking about. He wanted a veteran depth player. He wanted a better 3C than Dylan Gambrell. And he wanted another goaltender to compliment Aiden Hill. 
And that's what he did. Uh, we're going to go over the, the three players he signed. Uh, number one on the docket, we have 34-year-old Andrew Cogliano, a.k.a. Coggers, Coggers and Poggers in the goddamn for the Twitch the Twitch fam out there. Um, no idea what you're talking about, but anyways, exactly, continue. I love it. Oh, a few people, you know, especially the Reddit listeners, they'll know. You know anyone who's on Twitch knows that. If you know um, what Nick's talking about, tweet us. <laughs> You just just tweet Pogchamp in the, in the, the <laughs> episode go. description. Um, one year, one million dollars. Dylan, what was your initial thoughts? No, it's a good deal. Uh, low risk. I like Andrew Cogliano. I mean, he's super dependable. He's a penalty killer. He's kind of the ideal third line center for a team that's in this position that the San Jose Sharks are in. You know, you don't want to spend too much money on a guy like that. Uh, Andrew Cogliano hasn't taken a face-off since 2012, so I don't Dude, think he's going to be playing I, center. Just, for those, of, for those of you listening day. in, Dylan and I have spent the last 15 minutes mixing up Nick Benito and Andrew Cogliano. So luckily I have the picture and the stats oh over here right God. in front of me. Um, but uh, ironically Literally enough, Literally every actually, goddamn time. <laughs> so when word came out um, that the Sharks were interested in Cogliano the day before free agency started, I, funny enough, Kevin Kurz tweeted out, the Sharks are interested in center Andrew Cogliano uh, to, to shore up the, the, the bottom six. And everyone's like, center? Center? What are you talking about? I actually talked with Shang, and I said, hey, Andrew Cogliano isn't a center, right? He's like, uh, he hasn't taken a face-off since 2012. So that's an actual stat. Uh, Andrew Cogliano will be a penalty-killing defense-first Nick, uh, okay, well, why, why is, why are everybody mixing these two guys up? Like, why is this happening? It's not just me. <laughs> because they're both in their mid, uh, sorry, uh, low, early to mid thirties. They're both probably around the same size, and I, you know, I don't know. Maybe they play the, the same role with each other. I mean, if you All just right. look at their J Fresh card, right? Andrew Cogliano's got an even strength defense score of ninety six percent. So, that's amazing. Offense that forty nine, so he's just middle of the pack. He's just a defense first winger that's going to be able to control the pace of play in his own zone. And like you said before, he's actually great on the the PK as well. Um, so getting him, his previous cap it was three point three million dollars on the Dallas Stars. Getting him to come in for a million bucks, you know, I love the move. And just to make it clear before we move on further and talk about these picks or not picks, but these uh, these signings. Dylan and I have both talked outside of this this realm of podcasting when we have both decided like the Sharks need to rebuild as soon as possible. They need to kick they needed to kickstart it two years ago, like you said. But the problem is you can't. They don't have enough assets with without no movement or no trade clauses to kickstart that rebuild. Um, so they're basically doing like a stealth rebuild where they get these older players, older depth players on one or two year contracts that they end up shipping out at the deadline and using their cap space to acquire assets. That's the only way the Sharks can attempt to retool this team, which is what they did this last season. Um, so while we both personally believe that the Sharks should be rebuilding, the goal that Doug Wilson has in mind with these moves is to compete for the playoffs. So when we say it's a good move, it's a good move to compete for the playoffs. I just want to clarify that before we get too deep into this. Yeah, and it gives you flexibility, right? You're not signing three- or four-year deals. If something doesn't work out, you know, you have eight months to ride it out, and you're done with that player. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's funny enough, also, you know, in those discussions, you know, outside the podcast and all day, all day, I was mixing up Cogliano and Benino. I'm just pissed about that. I can't get over it. Anyways, let's move on. All season. I can't wait. It'll happen all season. <laughs> it will. It will. 
Benino's going to get like a hattie for no reason. You're going to be like, Cogliano's just fucking yeah, killing it. Benino played for the Canucks too. Like I've watched this guy for a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on from I the Cogliano the right pick. Guy, right? <laughs> I don't it was know. Benito, it was Benino that played for the Canucks, right? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to bet you right now, just really quick. Yes, he did. Yeah, it was. Nick, Nick Benino uh, did play for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and I believe it was actually Andrew Cogliano who signed his... Yeah, it was Andrew Cogliano who signed his contract uh, on the 28th with baby in hand. It's actually wow. in, a, in, a, in a carrier. But, like, I gave it a 10 <laughs> out of 10 on dad's baby, skills. Baby Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh so yeah 10 out of 10 great dad skills i loved watching that uh moving on to actually nick benino uh 33 year old third line center nick benino <laughs> is coming in this at is two the man years. i was thinking of folks this is the man right here <laughs> he signed a two-year deal so i mean if you're thinking about let's say the sharks actually are competitive right just touching on that that term if they are competitive, you got them for another year. And, and if they're competitive, he's going to be one of the a, a key reason as to why they are competitive. And, and we're going to break down why. So he's coming in at double the cap hit at 2.05. I think it was the 0 .05 that got him to come to the Sharks. Uh, but the $2.05 million a year. So uh, fun fact, Nick Benino was actually drafted by the Sharks in 2007, round six at 173rd overall. So, uh, you know, it's coming full circle now, 14 that, years maybe later. Maybe that 50K was just a tax, like a little payback. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right, you're right. Yeah, take it. Take the yeah. fucking money. <laughs> He's coming over from the Minnesota Wild, in which he, he did very well. And I we didn't really highlight Cogliano's stats because – I mean, it wasn't that great. It was only like 11 points in 54 games. Cool. But like we said, he's a defense first forward, and he had a plus minus. Oh, sorry. He had a, a he only had 24 penalty minutes. Um, but if you look at Nick Benino, on the other hand, for the Minnesota Wild, 10 goals, 16 assists for 26 points over 55 games playing third-line center minutes. That's exactly what you want. He's coming in at half of his cap, literally half of his cap hit as he was last year. And... uh your thoughts on Nick Benino this time? My thoughts on the center, uh, Nick Benino. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, good cheap option at center. When Nick Benino, Benino was playing in Minnesota, I mean, he didn't have the most offensive guys around him. So you look at the production and look at 10 goals. Yeah, I think he might be able to get more than that with the San Jose Sharks and the talent that we can put around him. I, I just think it's another solid signing. And like you said, we have him for two years. Even if it does, doesn't quite work out at $2 million, that's not a big deal. Yeah, and to your point on his teammates, his quality of teammates uh, percentage score on his J Fresh card is at a lot like a lousy twenty percent. Yeah, so that just shows you what he was working with. His PK percentage, get this, fellas, ladies, fellas, anyone that's listening in, ninety eight percent PK percentage. <laughs> so you got Matt Nieto, Dylan Gambrell, and Nick Benino going to be out there penalty killing. The Sharks are going to have a top five fucking penalty kill unit this yeah. season well, like, and, I, I'm and Cogliano willing, and Cogliano is a great PK e guy exactly like I'm almost willing to go to DraftKings right now promo code THPN and put a prop bet on the Sharks having a top 5 PK unit in the 2021-2022 season um, not if very much if there's any bet that has to do with Benino or Cogliano I'm staying away from it because I will yeah. mix the two up <laughs> yeah you're like wait what <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> I thought he was the center no wait, he's not like, you literally tonight? put a dollar on what position he played and you got it wrong <laughs> <laughs> I would do that 
He's got a uh, even strength defense uh, percentage. Essentially, uh, if we break this down, it's at 82%, which is, again, on the high end. Uh, something that Benino's going to bring that Cogliano isn't is primary assists per 60. He's at 84%, and then goals per 60 at 82. So, you know, his offense, just even strength offense at 58%, it's just middle of the pack, much like Cogliano's, who I believe was at 45 or 49. Um, but everything else with Nick Benino, I mean, that's just a great, great player on great term and, and great money. Like everything there just screams, look, if you're actually attempting to grab a good 3C to put skilled wingers, a Jonathan Dahlin and maybe a John Leonard, a couple of guys who needed better than Dylan Gambrell to be able to finish themselves and, and go into those, those, those spots and f get passes fed to them from a competent center, this is your guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a solid 35-point guy, and I think he will do that with the Sharks again. I mean, he's done it, uh, I think, like four or five times throughout his career, right around that mark. Uh, in his prime, he's had 20 goals before. Uh, just in 2019-2020, in he had 18 goals in 67 games. So this guy does have offense in him, um, and he's dependable on the defensive side. And, you know, we just haven't had a guy like this in the third-line center role for the last two years. So it, it's a big improvement uh, for the Sharks. Yeah, and... Um... Like I said, just going back to it, he's just an excellent middle middle six, like defensive center. He's productive. He's elite at killing penalties, and he helps drive play at both ends. And honestly, I, I couldn't love this pick. I keep saying pick because I got the draft in my head still. <laughs> I, I couldn't love this more. You know, I thought the Kraken might get him. I thought uh, we might go after a Casey Sezikis, but he was asking $5 million. I heard somewhere he was asking around $5 million, which is... Hey, look at the market. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and I, we'll, we'll get to it later. Look at what Wenberg got from Seattle. And, you know, the Sharks came in at the perfect time and was able, they were able to buy low on a guy who people probably strayed away from maybe because of his age. But, you know, Stanley Cup champion, you, you can't take that stuff away from, from these, these guys. So... Honestly, super excited about it. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. And you're just bringing a great, I mean, typical hockey cliche, alert, alert, alert. <laughs> you're bringing in a guy who's just a real character dude. He's he's a, a proven winner. He's a veteran leader in the locker room. What, what other ones you got lined up, Dylan? Well, well, I mean, just with all three of these signings, though, for the Sharks, it, it's the yeah. same deal with all of them. You know, they, they are character and good locker room guys and all the rest of it. Um, they are cliches, but they are true. Yeah, no, it's a, it's amazing. Honestly, it, it was nice to see something that Doug Wilson was told he should do last season. He goes out and does it this this season, this this off season. And in previous episodes past, I said I'm going to get the Doug Wilson hat trick this off season. We're going to get a major buyout. We're going to get a signing, a a great signing, and we're going to get a trade. And we've already gotten all three. Cool. So. The Sharks have a, have left themselves, and we're, we're going to get to our next signing here really quick. I had said signing instead of pick. There you go. Time. We're moving up. Um, we're going to get to our next one, but I believe all the moves so far have left the San Jose Sharks, including all their departures, with around six, five and a half to six million dollars in in salary cap available. Uh, this is 
pending people getting sent down. Like they traded for Lane Pedersen or Peterson, I believe. It was like a 2024 fourth round pick for a depth center. You know, he's going to compete for that fourth line center job. Um, but we're still awaiting the Aiden Hill contract as well as Noah Gregor's full extension. And the cap numbers are going to kind of work around, I think, anywhere between five and six million left in cap, which will allow them to either one, go out and get another player, which I doubt they do unless it's on the cheap like Cogliano or they utilize that cap space at the trade deadline if they suck i think that's exactly what they do they wait they use it at the deadline kind of what like arizona did in the last uh couple weeks picking up a bunch of draft picks by utilizing their cap space so i I think that's what they do exactly uh dylan why don't you headline this the the third and final signing from the first day of free agency all right well we got a goaltender folks james reimer of the carolina hurricanes uh two-year deal 2.25 per season uh he's 32 years old uh, nick as a backup goaltender as a veteran guy i think this is kind of what we expected uh, i don't think they were going to go with someone too young but they also were going to go with someone too expensive or someone that was going to demand three years so we landed on james Reimer and to be honest I'm pretty happy if you look at his stats for the last few seasons they actually look pretty good yeah Optimus Rhyme is coming back to San Jose he okay, uh, well, for fuck's sakes Nick you should have started it if you had that line <laughs> teed up you should have oh, yeah. started no, it there but you just you ever, you ever heard of soft toss and baseball Soft toss, you get down on one knee, and you just lob yeah. baseballs up for these guys to fucking crush. You were just pitching BP at me, and then I was just waiting for the right pitch to come along. <laughs> All right. Bam! Hit that puppy. Okay. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. Look, we're a team here, Dylan. We're a team. Where, where's the. <laughs> where's the no, button? that was good enough. That sounded like, uh, like Dorian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that hurts. That's an insult. <laughs> but yes, Optimus Rhyme. Has made his way back to San Jose. Now, uh, just quickly, in regards to the stats you speak of, Carolina did have a very good defensive unit the last two years for him to stand in front of, or I guess stand behind. And the Sharks do not. And the Sharks do not. So funny enough, he actually finished with the exact same uh, goals against average in back-to-back years. Uh, so in 2019-2020, he had 25 games played with a 2.66 goals against average. And then in this last season, he had 22 games played with 2.66 goals against average. Uh, 9.14 in the previous season and a 9.06 in the most recent. So, you know, here's they're the not thing. like... Here's, here's the big thing, though, Nick. Yeah. As a team that has been dealing with Martin Jones for the past few seasons, yeah. look at the save percentage of James Reimer. It's above 900, ladies and gentlemen. It's above 900 every single season. Exactly. And you couldn't say that for Martin Jones. Yeah, that's worth sounding the the old horn for, you know, if we had it here. And, you know, he helped us with our, uh, our Stanley Cup run when we went all the way to the finals. And, hey, and I, that, I won't that... take that away from him. Yeah, yeah. Fellow or, BC or... boy, can't take that away from him either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but... You know, it was obviously time for the Sharks to move on. And and Doug said that the almost he almost reiterated that 100%. This is almost verbatim where he said, you know, we had a lot of great years and a lot of great memories with Martin Jones. Uh, crazy saves in game six against Vegas in the 2019 season. He had 58 saves in that playoff game. Um, it's like a breakup and, and you're just reminiscing or something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was obviously time for a change. Like you said, sub-900 goals, or sorry, sub-900 save percentage is just no bueno. So they decided to bring in Aiden Hill and James Reimer. In my opinion, a pretty 
a pretty decent one-two punch. Will they be good? I don't know. Will they be bad? I don't know. I just, I just, Will they I, be good? Probably not. Will they be really bad? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, you got to understand that they're going to be behind a very porous Sharks defense. Um, if you look at the Jay Fry hockey card for Eric Carlson right now, his even strength like defense contribution is at 0%. Like the worst. Like you can't get any lower. Wow. So it's only up from here, really. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, you see his numbers. You see James Reimer's uh, stats kind of get elevated. From the 2018-2019 season on to 19 and uh, 2021, he's got pretty average numbers as far as advanced starts go. He had a 60% great start percentage. Um, he, his bad starts now now funny that the number higher the number is better is 72%. So that means he 28% of the time he had a bad start, uh, you know, and he had 83% quality starts. So consistency is at literally 77%, which evaluates to average. And that's what you need. That's better than Martin Jones, who is significantly below average. So it's an upgrade, and it's only at $2.25 million, which is at less than half of what Martin Jones was making. No, it's crazy that we're going to spend, you know, basically half the money on this guy. And to be honest, going into next season, watching the games, I'm going to be less worried about the goaltending. I'm going to have more faith yeah. in our goaltending, especially late in games when it bit us so much with Martin Jones. So, um, yeah, and I, I think I the Sharks players are too are going to as well. Yep, no, totally, man, totally. But big go fan on, of the sorry. signing, big sign, big fan. <laughs> I, I lost, I lost track. <laughs> We're a team. Uh, so before we get into departures, I just had a couple of quotes from the players after they signed. Um, this first one was from Andrew Cogliano on what he brought to the team or brings to the team. Uh, quote, I've been fortunate to play on a lot of good teams with a lot of good players and see a lot. Hopefully I can add with my experience and I'll also just do what I do. I've also, sorry, I've always been a guy that's got along with everyone in the room and I've been a guy that's a strong part of dressing rooms. So, uh, Big culture, big so culture for the, guy. So for the image and quote, it's just a picture of him, and I've seen a lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot. What's funny <laughs> enough is I'm going to show you this picture. We might have to, to clip this and put it on Twitter as well. So, folks, you might have to go ahead and take a look at uh, Stick Hungry Podcast, at Stick Hungry Pod. But look at his face. I've seen a lot. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's zooming on the face. Yeah. He's like, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. So I, I thought that was funny you actually said no, that. that's very fitting. Very fitting. I like it. Uh, next one from Benino. Uh, when there are fans at SAP Center, it's a really hard place to play. There's a lot of talent on this team. It's a dangerous team in the Pacific Division. It's really wide open, the playoff spots. One of the reasons I was happy to sign with San Jose is because I think we are a playoff team. It's already using we. I mean, the guy's a vet. He knows... He knows how to he knows how to talk to the media. So he knows he knows what to say. Yeah, exactly. And then one from Reimer. He said, "I'm excited to start working with Aiden and giving the best goaltending we can. Goaltending is such an integral part of the game for myself. And as I get to know Aiden, you just want to push yourself every single day and be the best you can. So when you get called on, you're ready, and the guys can count on you. Call so, them by first name. What can I say? I mean, yeah, exactly. And honestly, it's. It's good to see that in these players, and for him to make, to like specifically note that he wants the guys to be able to count on him, just kind of might reflect what we have been harping on. It's like the Sharks' defenders and the forwards they can't count on. They could not count on Martin Jones in recent history to make the save. So maybe we get that, and the domino falls and shit starts rolling again. So. All right. 
I mean, overall, looking at these three signings, I mean, I know the Sharks might not be done. I, I think they might be for the most part. But looking at these three signings, I'd say we came out of free agency a winner. You know, we didn't spend too much money. We didn't give up too much term. And we got some quality pieces back. Uh, the only thing I think that they are still trying to do behind the scenes is possibly do that hockey trade we spoke about a while ago with LeBanc, as well as... Uh, find a way to shed off redeem shimex contract that 2.25 million dollars you see what 2.25 can get you in a goaltender you see the two million dollars that you're giving nick benino and then you look at the 2.2 you're giving redeem shimex and you're thinking maybe that can be allocated better elsewhere um but let's jump right into these notable departures and we've said it before we're going to say it again martin jones with the buyout, signed a one-year contract to back up Carter Hart in Philadelphia for $2 million. So the man's making fucking cash, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, Solomon Strader must be just uh, devastated. You know, the leader of the Martin Jones fan club. Um, did you see he tweeted? He did. Solomon I know. That's, actually that's why I had to mention it. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I knew he was going to land somewhere. It obviously wasn't going to be a start, starting goaltending position. Uh, Philadelphia, I mean... Have fun with the scumbags, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia really hit the uh, the shuffle button on their on their roster this season. They really hit the so. pipe real hard this summer. That's what Nick was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, they hit the shuffle button. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about Philly's uh, acquisitions and departures and who's they, who they've traded for. And, and I, I yeah. think at the end of the day, Gritty's actually running the show. I would not be surprised. I saw hey, some... We- uh, I saw some kids like rolling around the Costco this last weekend, and they had orange shirts on that said "Gritty Gang" on it. I'm like, don't oh don't go to those don't, don't go next to those kids. They're fucking crazy. <laughs> They're fucking crazy, man. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Curtis uh, Gabriel, fan favorite, friend of the show. Yeah, honestly, just an absolute beaut. Amazing guy to talk to, amazing human being, and, and quite the ally in the LGBTQ plus community. He signed a uh, contract with Toronto, so he'll be heading back up north and uh, uh, apparently uh, staying with Brock McGillis. Kidding, obviously. There's a little back and forth banter on Twitter between them, so uh, we'll see. I, I've but, heard Zach Croft already has a signed jersey from him. Oh, yeah? I believe Zach Croft lives in the Toronto area, so just saying. I'm sure Zach. I believe he's got a new condo in the Toronto area too. He'd he'd definitely offer his couch for Curtis to to crash at just in case he needs it for a night. <laughs> there you go. We're, we're throwing options out there. <laughs> All right, let's move on. And uh, lastly, I, I don't want to say that makes that that matters, but Marcus Sorensen and his one and a half million dollar cap hit are officially off the books as of July 28th. Um, they couldn't find a trade partner for him last season. I doubt he honestly stays in North America. If he does, it'll be vet minimum somewhere bad, I guess. There's nothing <laughs> yeah, against I, Marcus Sorensen. Yeah, nothing against him. I, I see him, like you said, signing in Europe. Uh, you know, he can get a top six role in Europe somewhere, right? And Sweden, at this point yeah. in your career, I mean, why? I, honestly, he would probably have to sign a two-way deal. He would probably have to play half of the half of the time in the AHL um, if he did sign somewhere because I don't see a spot for him on a starting roster. So, uh, yeah, look for him to go to Europe. Exactly. So that pretty much sums up our notable departures, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Good riddance, Martin Jones. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's it's like a... 
I wish producer T was here. I really do. Oh, dude, he, you can hear him just shotgunning beers and like lighting <laughs> fireworks off right now exactly. as we speak. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> we're going to move into a couple of uh, surprising signings across the league, and we're going to kick it off with a real banger. Blake Coleman signs a six-year, $4.9 million AAV contract with the Calgary Flames. Oh, my God. Folks, I hope you're going to hear me shaking my head because I'm shaking it in disgust. Like, that is... I mean that's that right is up there. Inexcusable. Like that's right up there with the the Barkley Goodrow contract from New York. Like I don't get it. And you know these guys, great players. I mean they are valuable pieces to have. I, I'm not saying I don't like the player. I do really like the player, but he's a third line guy. And yeah, maybe a good third liner, but third line guys if they fall off then they're fourth liners you know and that's at a guy who's 29 years old and you're giving him a six year contract, the chance of him falling off is very high and his peak is still not that high because he's only ever hit 22 goals yeah i don't know what the flames were smoking but that is a rough rough contract to absorb to even have i mean i don't see calgary as a blake coleman away from being even in like i don't even know like to think no. about it because no. you got to figure all the the divisions are coming back so they're in the pacific they're in the pacific division with us them edmonton vancouver the, all the canadian teams that had to leave for a year they're back right so those guys are going to be competing with the atrocious atrocious we're having California a great teams. day with the words eh yeah uh it's been rough dude <laughs> I just feel so defeated. But, I mean, you're talking about an atrocious... Atro fuck! <laughs> God damn it! Atrocious. An atrocious Pacific Division. This is not how you get to com like to competing. You got to give like contracts out to like Kachuk and Gaudreau and other people. And you just... What the fuck is this? I don't know. And like it's it, and for me, what really bugs me is the term like 4.9 is still very rich to me on a one year deal for Blake Coleman. I'll be honest. That's still rich. Um, but at six years, that that's just that's one of those deals where the moment it's signed, you could see it being bought out. Yeah. Blake Coleman's just like <laughs> his agents yeah. like you're never going to believe this shit. They want to offer you six years. Yeah, fucking six years. <laughs> Almost five million. I know, right? They said five at five or six at 4.9. Like, what the fuck? Like, that matters? A hundred thousand? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> they, they call so, the agent. He's like, wait, Blake Coleman? You, you don't mean one of my other clients? You want to give him 4.9? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, needless to say, we think this is a fucking crock of shit as far as contracts go. Sorry for anyone listening with kids in the car. Well, hey, but, I mean, um, to be honest, as, as you know, for myself as a San Jose fan and as a Vancouver fan, I'm I'm quite happy with this because I see this as being the destruction of the team. Yeah, uh, honestly, same. I, I love this move for, for Calgary as a Sharks fan. I, I love this. This is exactly what they needed to put them over the top. There's no other issues with this team at all whatsoever. They're Stanley Cup Finals bound. I mean, not even Vegas stands a chance. And let's, I mean, we can we can dedicate a whole last episode to how fucking underwhelming Vegas has been. We'll actually. We'll we might have to a, hold off on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, oh my God, dude. 
<laughs> maybe maybe a bonus episode. Yeah, bonus episode. Vegas is a crock show. Like it's just so bad. <laughs> just um, quickly, like you give up flurry and then you take on hot garbage. <laughs> but moving on to another contract that I don't know how to feel about it because I like the term, but I don't like the money. Patrick Line with the qualifying offer as an RFA for one year, seven point five mil. Like, good job, Line. Get that money, but like, one year, you get you better, you better prove it. Well, I know, and and the reason I put this one on the list is it's interesting because he's taken so many short term deals, and you think a mm-hmm. guy like this. I mean, it's it's funny looking back and when he first broke into the league, we thought this guy was uh you know going to put up fifty goals every single year, almost forty to five to fifty goals, and it's not quite panned out that way. He's still a really good player, and just takes these one year deals, two year deals, and he's still getting paid a lot. I mean, seven point five. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his end game is. I mean, do you think he wants to stay in Columbus? I mean, I think it's just looking for a way out at the end of the day. I, I got a theory here. Right. So he takes the qualifying offer. Columbus, as we all know, based on their moves, they're in a rebuild. They're rebuilding. They're, they traded away Seth Jones. They traded away Savard. You know, uh, they, they acquired Voracek. Uh, you know, but anyways. Yeah, that was a, that was the Cam Atkinson for Voracek one for one, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, for me, this is Line's Taylor Hall, what what Taylor Hall did for Buffalo. He's staying there. He's, he got his qualifying offer because I don't think he was really going to get anything more elsewhere. So he, you could get like a two-year contract or a three-year contract, but only at around a total of $15 million, like a three for five mil to be like a top six winger. Yeah. But... He plays the long game here, and I think this is last year in Columbus, and I think he's going to use this uh, Tortorella-less Columbus team. is going to He's going to try to use this as his way to get a long-term deal from a team after the COVID-less season, like the normal-esque season. He's going to use this to try to put up as many points as possible, score as many goals as possible, and then just get a fat contract from someone else. And then actually cash out. Because like you said, he's had too many short-term deals. I think this is his Taylor Hall type of uh, move here. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if guys like Hyman and Coleman and Hamilton can get seven years, um, I don't see why Line a can't get a six or seven-year uh, contract next year. Um, and I believe he does hit UFA next year, right? I believe he's a UFA next year. I can yeah, vet okay. that really quick while you start uh, talk about this next contract, which is All a right. doozy. <laughs> oh, man, another contract. Now, the team signing this deal, it does not surprise me at all because they have a history of signing just awful free agents. Now, I'm Pause. Not gonna... Yes? He's an RFA next year still. Oh, okay, interesting. So Very that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, continue. All right, so let's just jump right into this player. I mentioned the team; they've made a they have a history of picking picking up bad contracts through free agency. The Edmonton <laughs> Oilers and Zach Hyman, seven years, five point five million dollars. Like I said, I mean, honestly, Coleman and Hyman are almost identical players. Um, they've both put up two twenty goal seasons. They're both good players. Don't get me wrong, but I think these are the kind of guys you want to sign to like two, three year deals. Even if it's a little bit rich, even if you have to spend, you know, 5.5 million on a Zach Hyman, that's fine. 
But at seven years, that's going to kill you. And I think he's, what, 29 years old right now. So at the end of the contract, he will be 36. Um, I'll be like, yeah, he's 29 right now. So, I mean, he's going to yep. be pretty old mm-hmm. by the end of this contract. And a guy who's only put up 20 goals twice in his career, I mean, to expect him to continue doing this into his 30s and into his mid-30s, I think that's insane. Yeah, he's... Um... Ooh. I don't care if you have Connor McDavid. I mean, it's just I, you don't have to give out that kind of contract. Yeah, he's got quite a good advanced stats card minus his power play and like his finishing abilities. His quality of teammates, though, I, I think this is just, I don't want to say bonkers, but, you know, as a Sharks fan, I love this for Edmonton. <laughs> 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 if, that's what, if that makes any sense. Yes. You know, like you said, he had... Only one or two, I see two years here where he surpassed 20 goals. That's 21 in those 18, 19, and 19, 20 seasons where I believe he was on lines with like Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Yes, exactly. Now, you can replicate those results because he's going to play with fucking was it what's the joke Conor McGregor right yeah, he's going to go play with he's going to go play with McDavid and Drysidle but i don't know this it just i feel like this is a bad move as an if, if i were an Edmonton fan right we should ask Kyle how he feels about this one but yeah we should the the 7 years i just i don't know man that just seems really really tough for a guy who's coming off of a 15 goal season for the Maple Leafs and like, you know, I, and listen, I get it's Edmonton. I get it's yeah. Edmonton, but do you seriously have to overpay guys to come play with Connor McDavid? Is that I don't what we understand how they're not like a a number one destination for the majority of people that want to attempt to turn that shit around? Because to me, you're getting an opportunity to go play with the best player in the world. Hands down. Like, it's not even a fucking you can't debate. debate that. No. No. And they have to seriously, like, oh, maybe is Edmonton that fucking cold? Like, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, Edmonton, uh, I mean, people that live in Edmonton, I'm sorry, but it's not uh, one of the top Canadian cities. I'll just say that. Okay. Definitely above Toronto, I'm assuming. Well, no. I mean, people would definitely <laughs> put Toronto at the top, probably, with Montreal and Vancouver. Edmonton is is down the list. Gotcha. But regardless, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand why the they have I don't want to go too deep. Yeah. I don't understand why they have to both overpay in term and in AAV with yeah. this contract. Um, I don't see this aging well for them, possibly like milk. I think they'll get two great years out of Hyman, and then it, it, it's just going to turn sour. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny, though. Look at the stats for, you know, Coleman and, and Hyman. They're almost identical and they play similar games. You know, they both had two seasons of, you know, 20, 22 goals, 21 mm-hmm. goals for Coleman on loaded teams. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, the, another contract that I can see getting bought out in year, you know, let's say four or five. Yeah, easy. Like you said, just a, a couple of a uh, couple of good seasons and then their history. Moving on to the sweeter side of these big slash surprising signings we have here, Dougie, the Dugster, no, <laughs> Dougie <laughs> Hamilton. Um, it picked the best time to get the fuck out of Dodge, uh, and by Dodge I mean Carolina, because after a couple of questionable maneuvers, one getting rid of Nadelkovich, two signing 
Anthony D'Angelo for whatever fucking reason that there is there. There, there is no good enough reason to sign that fucking douchebag, in my opinion. I'll go on record to say that. Um, Between Logan Mayu and then that going on, I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed in hockey. Yeah. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, if, if we want to sit here just for a quick second and to talk to Sharks fans about people that are on the fire Doug Wilson train, I don't know what the name is for the Carolina Hurricanes GM is. If you, I don't know if you want to look that up. Off or not. the top of my head, I don't know. Not fucking that guy. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And we sure as hell don't want a guy like Mark Bergevon or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Bergevon, the bicep club. Don Waddell. Okay. Don Waddell. Yeah, no. There's one of the one of the biggest reasons why the Sharks are such a loved location to go to. Isn't just the Bay Area weather; it's the culture and the respect for people as human beings, and. When you sign a guy like Anthony D'Angelo, you do not give a shit about other human beings. Yeah. Just plain. Plain and simple. Like, I don't care what your excuse is. I don't care what your hockey reasoning is to sign this player or to draft Logan Mailu. I don't give a shit. Like, you're just proving to everybody that all of your collaborations with, like, the Black Girl Hockey Club that Carolina's done and all these other LGBTQ sort of like foundations to help unite hockey you're literally doing the complete opposite and actions speak louder than words in this instance so no a hundred percent like you you can go out there and throw a bunch of pr and throw a bunch of money at things but when you get down to your actual business and you go mm. against you know everything that you just stood up against it, it doesn't make any it, it's ridiculous it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous it's you're just it's you're sad at, at the end of the day you're just yeah. a sad and group it's just of fucking like, people you know from a hockey side too i just just why? What? It's just not worth it. Is this guy that good that it's worth bringing him on your no. roster in, in D'Angelo's uh, case? I don't think so. No, I like I, I told you, I for I foresaw him going to the KHL where he'd be welcomed with open arms because they don't give a shit about that. I mean, look at the Slava Voinov shit. Yeah. But and it, and, yeah. and listen, it's like boohoo. You have to go over to Europe and make what like probably four or five mil a year. So I, I'm, I'm not going to cry for you, bud. Yeah, no, no, no tears will be shed. He gets to stay in North America now, so now I'm a little bit pissed. Anyways, yeah, exactly. I would love to see the reaction to the starting lineup being announced uh, (laughs) for the first home game for Carolinas. They're really, they're really taking on that bunch of jerks mentality a little bit too serious. A little too serious. Yeah. Moving on. Sorry, rant over. Dougie Hamilton gets the fuck out. Signs with New Jersey, and New Jersey went from. I don't want to say a laughing stock, but New Jersey went from a team that you could poke fun at, essentially, to wait a minute, they might be good. <laughs> yeah, it, New Jersey's at the point where they're ready to turn the page, even if maybe they're not ready. And I don't think they are ready. They're still a few years away. They don't care. Like they're they're ready to go, and they're going to get some big guys locked up. And you know, with long term deals like this, a seven year deal with Dougie Hamilton, this guy's going to be productive for most of that contract. So even when these young guys do finally make the roster, you go guys like the Luke Hughes. Once he mm-hmm. makes the roster, you know, a guy like Dougie Hamilton, he's still going to be around. He's still going to be productive. Yeah, and they still have PK Subban there. They've got Ryan Graves now. The trade with uh, Colorado, yeah. uh, they got a pretty stout D line there. And they also got Jonathan Bernier as well. So 
they're they're getting that team is starting to look like an actual hockey team now instead of just a joke essentially and i believe they still have around 20 million dollars in cap space that they can go out and and that's the best part about it is they're not letting these moves get to their head they're going out and they're making the right decisions because that dougie hamilton contract is still going to look good by year five six possibly even seven depending on how he goes he's 28 years old it's a seven-year contract yeah, you know, no, exactly. So, you know, when you most of the time when you sign a seven year deal, I mean, you kind of expect the last year of the deal to kind of be a wash. Like, you know, yeah. the guy's gonna it probably not gonna live up to expectations. But you know, you just look at the points, look at the age. I, it all makes sense. To me. Yeah, it's always like a two thirds type of ratio. You want to get yeah, yeah that value at two thirds of its term. So, I think that's easily going to be acquirable or attainable for Dougie Hamilton in that situation in a better environment with a better hockey team now, because I don't know which way Carolina is going, but it doesn't seem like uh, North seems more of a South trending down. Don't buy the dip sell (laughs) next up. We're going to blast through Seattle's three acquisitions here and they perform the ultimate tomfoolery to the Colorado avalanche. And they snipe Philip Grubauer for six years, $5.9 million a year which then leads to a, a, an absolute domino effect of Colorado going ape shit and trading a first-rounder in common, uh, Connor Timmons for Darcy Kemper. So Arizona cashing in on more stupid mistakes from uh, other NHL teams, and Grubauer gets his money, but a little bit in the Pacific Northwest. And I want you to I, – I mean, we could talk about this one a little bit more, but I think the next one is what really intrigues me as well. Because this was something or someone that the Sharks were kind of in on as well. Yeah, so Alex Wenberg gets a three-year deal worth uh, $4.5 million per season with the Kraken. And I think that's pricey. I mean, I don't know. This guy has put up 50 points um, in the NHL before. But you look at the last few seasons, this guy seems like a 20 to 30-point guy. So you're, for 20 to 30 points, now you're going to be spending that kind of money at over three years. I don't know. I, I wouldn't pull that trigger. I, I'm much happier with uh, Cogliano at center. No, you know, I know, I know. <laughs> He's jo- It's a joke. <laughs> Why you have to be mad? It's only game. <laughs> and I believe they also signed Jaden Schwartz. So, quick math. I, we're not going to do any rounding either. Hashtag, Hashtag math guy. <laughs> we're at $15.9 million spent <laughs> in a matter of one day for Seattle. Um, for a maximum of six years, and holy Toledo. I know they also dealt Vitek Vanacek back to Washington to get a pick back, so it was kind of How like, is that uh, for a swangle? Yeah, the swangle dangle, <laughs> baby. Let's go. <laughs> it's but, so, um, like, they're just, I don't know, man. Like, I'll be honest. I'll be quite honest. I'm kind of disappointed with the Seattle Kraken so far. I thought they could have done a better job in the expansion draft. And now looking at some of the, the term and the money that they gave out here, I don't know, like Philip Grubauer. Yeah. Get in a, a good goaltender, but at almost $6 million at six years is, is he that guy? Is he worth that? I'm, I don't know. I still think uh, the jury's out on that. Yeah. Um, he's got a bit of uh you're talking about Grubauer, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a, um shaky stats excuse me he's got some shaky stats if if you take a look at 
when he's not playing in front of an amazing squad like Colorado. And I don't foresee Seattle being even remotely in the same realm as Colorado has been the last couple seasons. You know, he came over from Washington as the backup who he played well for Holtby. And then Holtby came in. And that was the year they actually won the Stanley Cup. And then he goes over to Colorado in front of an amazing defensive squad. I think they had some of the best defensive stats of any team in the regular season. So playing in front of what you classified as a very underwhelming expansion draft from Seattle for some not very great like defensive players, I'm interested to see if he goes full Martin Jones <laughs> with this deal. Because I'm just having flashbacks with it, man. I'm just like, I see the number, I see the term, I see the situation. It just gives Here's me a little bit of heebie-jeebies. Yeah, no, it does worry me too. And here's my biggest concern with this player. You look at the goals against average. You look at the save percentage. It all looks pretty good. The most games he's played in one season is 40. And he's been in this league a while now. He's 29 years old. Um, you know, so he's never really played as a solid, solid starting goaltender where you're putting in 50, 60 games. So can he do that with the Kraken? I don't know. Will he be expected to do that? I don't know as well because there is a Drieger there as well. So they might be splitting up the load. But at the same time, I mean, that's a lot of money on goaltending. 9.4. I, I literally just pulled the calculator up to, to, to follow up with that. You're talking $9.4 million in goaltending. You're not Vegas, man. And Vegas learned last year that you can't commit that sort of money to net mining when your offensive stats are in the playoffs. Like, Flurry can't score you goals. That's why he got traded to Chicago for peanuts. Yeah. Like, literally nothing. Like, he was literally given away to have that $7 million get off the books. So, <clears throat> excuse me, for them to snag uh, Dreger from Florida to tell him he's going to be the guy. And then to go out and just get, I don't know, like like the money was burning a hole in their pocket or something. They just go out there and just hand these fucking monster deals to these guys instead of offer sheeting Elias Patterson. I don't get it. Yeah, well, don't do that. But I, I think they're, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Some of the the players in the expansion draft, you, you got to imagine they probably passed on a few guys thinking, you know what? We can get someone better in free agency or maybe we can get someone better uh, via yeah. trade to fill in that spot. But I'd argue that, you know what, some of the players that were on the board that they didn't take uh, are better than some of these guys that they signed. I mean, we, we always come back to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and them not taking Nino Niederreiter and also not taking Jake Bean, but not taking Nino Niederreiter. I mean, that's a guy who has as much value or I'd say more than a than a Wenberg, for instance, or, or a Schwartz. And he's right around mm -hmm. the same cap hit. So I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's interesting. I mean, we we you touched on Schwartz there. They they did give him a contract as well. A bit of an older guy, a little bit more defense first than <clears throat> than offense. So they were able to get Vince Dunn and Jaden Schwartz, uh, essentially one via expansion, the other one via uh, free agency signing. So I don't know. There's a couple of a uh, couple of signings that we've seen today or yesterday when you're listening to this on Thursday. A couple of signings that we that we saw that really shot up a couple red flags. And I think that just reiterates my confidence and my reassurance in the Sharks signings that they made. And if we circle all the way back to how we started this episode off talking about those free agency signings, 
You get you get depth with for, for a million bucks with Cogliano, that center guy. Remember, uh, you get Nick Benino for two years at two point oh five, and then you get James Reimer for less money than Dreger. So I don't know. I I really like the picks. But I say we're winners, man. I, I honestly do because, like, we just spent yeah. I, I don't know how long that was 20 minutes talking about bad contracts. Yeah. And the San Jose Sharks weren't on that list. So, at the end of the day, that's that's a positive. Bad contracts handed out today. We still have yeah. bad contracts, but we didn't well, hand any out yeah, today. True, true. Yeah. Um, do you have any possible uh hot takes for these next coming weeks i guess uh, of the offseason now that the first day is kind of fizzled out and yeah you know there's you know there's a couple of free agents that are still out there waiting on their deal and there's also a couple of guys that can get traded for is there anyone that you see out there that the sharks could be making a deal for or with well i'll be honest with you um this whole offseason there's been a lot of unexpected moves uh trade signings so i I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with the Sharks. I think they're going to stay put, though. Unless there's a good hockey trade to be made, like you mentioned earlier in the episode, Kevin LeBanc, his name might be in play. Uh, they could trade him. But other than that, I think they're going to stay put with the lineup they have. You know, I think adding veterans like Cogliano and Bonino kind of shows us that they're going to go with this roster next year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see if they kick tires on a guy like maybe Brandon Saad just to see what other teams have offered him only you know another great winger who who put up 20 plus points in only 44 games so i don't know it's going to be interesting i'm excited to see how it turns out uh, we're going to have plenty of coverage on the entire off season i believe we're still going to keep doing our player reviews we have a uh, brent burns coming up next so that's exciting you know what's funny folks we've had brent burns lined up on our outline for about three four weeks now because there's yeah. been so much going on that we just can't get into the player reviews but they are coming yeah yeah we're not we're not just sticking with our favorite players we still got plenty of guys left to talk about and um yeah, I guess that's that's really it for today's episode. Yeah. Dude, Nick, it's uh, one last thing I just want to say. It's it is crazy that we only really scratched the surface on free agency today. Yeah. I think a hundred contracts uh, were signed today. One thirty. Yeah, 130 contracts. Unbelievable. 130 contracts in one day, and a lot of them yeah. were big deals, uh, a lot of surprising ones. So it was exciting, but yeah, we only scratched the surface. We might get into some other deals, I don't know, throughout the summer, but uh, it was a fun episode and a fun day. Yeah, I think it was at 5 p.m. Eastern time is when they did, like, look, from 9 to 5, it was 130 signings for over 200 and something contract years. CapFriendly has it tracking. If you go to CapFriendly.com, currently they're at 161 with 294 total contract years, $281 million of total cap hit, and $783 million total contract dollars. So uh, plenty of fun stuff there. Eric Just, Carlson would make up like 30% of that. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end this episode here. Quickly before we leave off, we're going to tell you where we can you can find us. You can find me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. And just a quick shout out to Sam for winning the signed Martin Jones jersey. She was the original Martin Jones truther uh, on Twitter. So congratulations on the signed Martin Jones jersey from Sharks president Jonathan Becker, who handed out a couple of those on Twitter. Ooh, there uh, you congratulations go. to those who won, as well as the Pucks. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the podcast at StayHungryPod. And you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Dylan. That was incredible. You can follow myself at DYL 
underscore THPN. All right, folks, this has been another amazing episode of the Stick Hungry Podcast. Make sure you go and give us a follow on Twitter. Tweet at us. And you have a great rest of your day. Stay safe and stay hydrated.